Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for tuning back in today. Wherever you are and whatever time of day it is, thank you for taking the time. We have been out again three weeks or so, and I'll tell you right now, it has not been because there's not enough content or not enough things to say. I literally have just been inundated with just fascinating things towards the word um, to study and to think towards and just literally meditate on um, so much so that I'm like, I'm, I'm literally trying to juggle just life. Is, is anybody else feel like hours are becoming months? I mean, it's just time is just weeks or just I'm trying to grab them as they go and it is quite a challenge right now. It's not just because, well, summer's busy um, we don't really live like that, you know, and, but in our own version, man, it's just time is moving and moving. And friends, I'm just going to say real quick, this, this, this channel, it, it just is what it is. People may say, you know, well, you need to have a different format that stays here. And if you just did this predictably all the time, certain days of the week and certain increments of time, you'd get more people and, if you didn't talk about that, you'd probably have more followers. I understand all those things, but <laughs> I just, one thing I have always wanted this channel to be, even back when it was back in its audio podcast days years ago, is I just wanted to be what it is, which is you and I will very likely not be able to sit down and have a dialogue, a discussion, um, but we can do this. Um, I would love the dialogue option. You can do that over uh, email us if you want to do pathdesignpodcast at gmail.com or, of co- course, on our Facebook page. But I say I have a lot, of, a lot of thoughts lately that may just become some commentary pieces. Um, I've been writing a lot, and that lands over on a separate blog, um, and sometimes in the public sector and sometimes not. I just think towards these things, share them with close brothers. But today I want to talk about something that is, again, more commentary-based. I've got some Bible study stuff. I'm almost done, finally, after months now, with my Shamir study, which is about the proper understanding of how we keep Yahweh's commandments um, that will, I believe, help people break free from this stronghold that we've inherited, which says, keep the commands, you horrible people. (laughs) Keep them. And I'm pounding my desk. No, it, it, is, it is much different than that. We're about to tackle that. We're real close. I'm very excited about talking about that specifically. Today, we're going to talk about walking in humility and reverence. And, and what this is topically is how we respond to challenges and questioning. And, and I'm just going to be bold to say this needs to be something that is, is discussed in the, in the climate of this Christian culture we're in here in 2023 because most people can't tolerate questioning or challenges. And, and, and I have my own issues with it. I, I don't run from it. In fact, probably too much I run to it. And I get all worked up and I have to quiet myself and still myself and wait in humility and reverence for my turn. Um, Thankfully, there are a a very small um, handful of of people that I follow that do this better than I do that I'm trying to glean from. And people I know personally that, you know, maybe have some attributes that I could add to my life. Hopefully, that's the way we all function. Now, most believers, Christians, followers of Jesus, um, Bible-believing men, um, 
I would say that most men, women, people of faith, in a general sense now, hate one thing more than perhaps anything else in the entire world. Is it sin? Sadly, no. (laughs) The devil? Well, maybe, but no, in this case, I would say not. Democrats or (laughs) the gay and lesbian agendas? Um, No, not that either. Believe it or not, I would propose for consideration that one of the things, if not the thing, that believers, those who profess the name of Christ, can't stand is questioning their faith, challenging their belief. Most followers of Jesus cannot stand questions that challenge what they believe. And all of us have a propensity to let that be us in some measure. Now, we're all in different places. And maybe, hey, it doesn't bother me. I can take anything. All of us have something in there, in here, I would would say, that we at least need to guard rightly in humility and in reverence, okay? As we as we listen to another brother or just another individual um, in general, their vantage point and their viewpoint into our lives and what we believe and why. I would say right now a lot of the questions that are coming to Christianity specifically have to come. They need to come. I'm talking with someone right now, just an online form, just about like, uh, a, a meme I posted the other day, if you follow the Facebook page um, for the podcast, I've been posting images with texts or verses or questions or or concerns um, just to plant a seed of thought into anyone who might see them. And one of, one of them is about how it's confusing that, that the Christian majority will use Leviticus to quote to condemn homosexuality behavior, homosexual behavior. Um, the gay and lesbian agenda, and, and they'll use Leviticus. It's an abomination, abomination. Thus saith the Lord, abomination. But then they'll turn the page over here, and I would propose a question about an abomination in the Torah. I'm not under law. We're not under law. We're under grace. We on the other side of Jesus are now in a a law of liberty age, a, a law of freedom to do what we want to do. Um. As long as it doesn't make God angry or, you know, and here's the verbiage that doesn't really work, unless we break his commandments now because somehow they changed. And like I would propose an abomination is eating pork, swine's flesh. It says in Isaiah 66, it talks about it, of course, in Leviticus. It's created at the beginning in Genesis, and there are clean and there are unclean animals that go into the ark. So this is a a humanity issue of clean and unclean. If you're new to the program and new to these ideas, what I have said for years that I learned from another brother teaching me this is there is there's not um, clean food and unclean food. <laughs> there's animals fit for food and there's animals that are not food. <laughs> That's a much better way scripturally to explain that. Um, otherwise, we have this magic wand that came in the Newer Testament a lot of times with Peter's vision. Um, because it's horribly misunderstood that all of a sudden pork became a wonderful animal to make bacon out of for every, nearly every dish in America. Um, and so we have this problem where a, a challenge comes, a question comes to what we believe, and if we're not careful, we say, well, this law applies to those people, the bad guy, but I'm not under law. 
I'm free in Jesus. And this gets real muddy in how we respond to questions and challenges that we receive from, from within the body, if we can discern and determine who is in the body, or from without. That, that, that criticism, challenges can come, and we really need to be postured to welcome them because it at least, if we do that, we are at least positioned to allow the challenge to solidify our belief, run to the Word, figure out if A, it's even true, B, if it needs tweaked, or C, if it needs dropped altogether because you know what? I was wrong. I was wrong according to the Word and not your opinion or mine, which don't really mean much of anything. And so um, most people avoid questions um, or deflect them when they do come, change the subject and put that on somebody else or explain it away or or like our children do, like, I have a great reason why I believe this way, and this is what I think. You know, a lot of people nowadays, they just want to hear their children. Let's just listen and draw them out. And, you know, we don't need to correct them. We don't need to give them instruction. We just need to listen. And um, and because of that pattern that, that continues to go and increase, I would say, many people are becoming intolerant of questioning. What do you believe and why? And, and that has become a, a very offensive uh, proposition. Now, of course, questions are fine for some people um, if, if one is confident that they firmly have an answer and that all involved with the questioning agree. Like if somebody says something anymore, a lot of times in, in, a, in a casual Christian gathering, it will be something that is already pretty easy to receive and it's almost clear it's almost presented in a clear way that that makes sure you cannot object but instead you say amen amen you say you read a verse and you say it in a, as a form of a question we say amen or right amen we're all we're all agreeing we're all the same so those types of questions are fine and those are sure not what we're talking about today because that's very easy but what if an answer to a question that's been asked gives what the other party deems is insufficient, inadequate, or just downright wrong. What about then? What about when someone comes to us and asks us a question, and according to the Word, they reveal that we could possibly be in error? We could be... Oh, oh no. We could be wrong. <laughs> Now, this is where personal interpretation and, and what the Spirit's saying, I feel the Spirit saying this. Well, when I read the Word, I feel like the Spirit's saying this. And when I read that verse, I don't hear it like it's meant in the Hebrew. I don't, I don't understand Hebrew. And so in the Spirit, I just feel like it's saying this. And friends, right there, oh boy, that's a whole other topic. We'll just set that to the side. But... How do you do in, in the scenario of being questioned about uh, a belief, uh, a place that you would, would stand firmly upon as factual according to the word? Um, perhaps it would be better to ask, when was the last time someone pressed you specifically with a biblical question and told you that you were wrong? We'll pause. When was the last time that happened? Were you sat in a, in a whether it's a formal gathering of a smaller Bible study or um, a one-on-one -on -one conversation you're having coffee with another believer or non-believer, 
and they challenge your belief system and, and clearly say, whether they say it well or they say it horribly wrong <laughs> with, in their attitude, they just tell you you're wrong. How did you do? Or does that ever happen? Does that ever happen in your life? Has it happened? <laughs> um, how did you fare with that? Our responses, I would say, reveal much about our character, about if, in fact, we're walking in humility and reverence. Now, where did I grab this humility and reverence from, um, particularly for the title here? 1 Peter chapter 3. Um, it would be a great text for us to briefly examine for just a few minutes as we move through this consideration today. And this is another of one of innumerable biblical texts that I would propose has been horribly mishandled, okay? And, and it's just give me a few minutes to explain why. Um, we'll read uh, verses 13 through 17. Who is going to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not be afraid or worry about their threats. Instead, sanctify Messiah as Master, Lord in your hearts. Always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. Now, we know that verse. We've heard that. We have heard it in evangelism meetings and, and how to witness and always be ready. Always be ready for, to give an answer. Um, but we have to read this in proper context and really understand what it's saying in fullness. And so the part that we do, that we are familiar with, be ready to give an answer. And it continues, yet do so with humility and reverence, hence the title today. And it goes on, keeping a clear conscience so that whatever you are accused of, oh, some words we have to key in on here, those who abuse you, oh, another word, for your good conduct in Messiah may be put to shame. So there's some context here, friend. We're going to dissect this a little bit here for the, for the next little bit. It concludes in this part in verse 17, For it is better to suffer for doing good, if it's Elohim's will, than for doing evil. Now, without spending an hour on this verse, which we could easily do, let's hit some hot points that are important for us to consider in light of what I'm talking about today, of how we respond to challenges, criticisms, and questionings. Um, Number one, we have to realize the context of this verse and, and what is being stated. What is, what is Peter saying in this specific tiny section we're drawing out? Um, this is about persecution, not correction. Okay, We have to handle the word rightly, I would say. This is spelling out something that is persecution and not correction. This is accusation rather than edification. Okay, I would suppose that we are reading this from a, from a proper perspective when we say this is not just about two brothers iron sharpening iron or someone just having a casual conversation on a street evangelism um, event where someone's just, can you just explain to me what you believe? Oh, yeah, First Peter 3 tells me I have to be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks for the reason for the hope. Oh, no, this is, I don't believe this, what this is talking about. In fact... The question asker here brings threats, okay? He, I'm going through the text now. He is an accuser. He is an abuser. And not just an abuser in general, but he's one who abuses you for a very interesting reason. Your right conduct in Messiah. Depending on what version you read, I would encourage you to read several. I would encourage you to go to the Greek and follow the Hebrew equivalent that goes back to Old Testament understanding, 
because these things matter, because this verse has been extracted and applied to just general Western Christianity evangelism. And if, you're, if, if the guy doesn't receive what you tell him, well, go to this text. Um, that's good conduct in Messiah. I don't think that's what this is saying, okay? This one is, again, not about correcting you in humility and reverence. That's your response. Or, if this is not us, that's the other person's response if we, are, in fact, are the accuser, bringing threats, an abuser. You're going to have to put on your thinking caps for the next 30 seconds. What I'm proposing is we flip the script on this. We have made this about other people who are persecuting Christians, okay? Jesus people. I'm going to submit, what if this is people who claim to know Jesus, which they do, but that's complex. They claim to know the Son of God, Son of Elohim. But in fact, they are bringing threats, accusations, abuses. Why? Because you have right conduct in Messiah. Good conduct in Messiah are the ones being abused by this this other person that we are called to walk in humility and reverence towards. Okay? Hopefully this is making sense. Um, Those are the same belief as I have now, which I'm finding are thousands of people all over the earth would immediately say that good conduct is defined in the scriptures. The capital S scriptures that Shaul Paul quotes that said that's good for our teaching, our instruction, and, and, and everything in the Newer Testament is commentary towards building upon an established foundational structure in Torah and the prophets. That is where we find what Yahweh now defines as good conduct that we can now say on this side of Messiah, that good conduct was was shown to us in a man, okay? In a man who walked in humility and reverence as our firstborn of many brethren example, the one true example, who went before us to show us the way to walk, and he was the personification of what Yahweh, his father, our father said, is good conduct, okay? He defines what good conduct is, not Christian doctrine, not dispensational understanding of, uh, of men, and not that age is gone and now God's changed and now he's not like he used to be. And now we're in grace and there is no law and every man kind of figures out what's good in God's sight by his own assumptions. No. This one here in 1 Peter 3 is being, again, brought threats against him. He's being accused. He's being abused for his right conduct in Messiah, okay? Living a righteous life according to Messiah. Now, who defined righteousness? Who defined walking as Yeshua? What is walking as Yeshua? Right conduct, good conduct. Who says, okay? Well, who has always said from the very beginning? Yahweh himself. These things are defined by Yahweh's Torah, his commandments, his way to live. My people, my set-apart, holy, consecrated people will walk in the way I tell them to walk for their own good, as the Son did perfectly to accomplish his function. Now, we know that Psalm chapter 19 speaks of some of these attributes um, that we, of course, many of us are very familiar with. The Torah of Yahweh is perfect, 
restoring the soul. The testimony of Yahweh is trustworthy, making the simple wise. The precepts of Yahweh, they are right. They are giving joy to the heart. The commandments of Yahweh are pure, giving light to the eyes. The fear of Yahweh is clean, enduring forever. His judgments are true and altogether righteous. This sounds to me good conduct. Good conduct, okay? We can look to the future and we won't even have time for that, but like this is what marks the people that, that Hasatan, the enemy, at the culmination of the ages is coming against. Those who cling to the right conduct of Yahweh Elohim's Torah instruction. These people are marked by his name and by their conduct. Righteousness. Righteous deeds. That is the offspring fulfillment of what was promised to Abraham so many years ago. Now this sounds like a good code of conduct, right? This, The Torah is perfect. It's restoring the soul. Trustworthy. Joy to the heart. His precepts are right. Um, they give light to the eyes. I mean, all these things, they're enduring forever. So my, what I'm proposing is, so this questioner, I would say, that First Peter, as we read in the text, is referring to is against this code of living. Good conduct. Okay? This gets a little complex and it's a little bit different than maybe you've heard before. I understand. Hopefully I'm delivering it in a way that, that makes sense. Now, if we really want to live according to the word... The result of the persecution, the accusation, and the suffering for living righteous, holy, set-apart, kadosh lives in the pattern and conduct of Messiah. This should cause us to walk in humility and reverence. Even this, even the accusations, okay, let's read the text, even the accusations, even the threats, even all these things that come, injustice, we are called towards these accusers to walk in humility and in reverence. Okay? My point. Well, sadly, most believers cannot act in such a humble manner alongside even another brother. Okay? You hear what I'm saying? It's hard for us in 2023. I've been doing this study for months now on unity and brotherhood and functioning together with one mind according to the one spirit. And that's all buried within this. We can't hardly even do this in humility and reverence with another brother who's like us in Messiah. We don't even handle that well more times than not. Or we avoid it entirely so we don't even know how we would handle it. We just avoid it at all costs. Which goes back to my point at the beginning, deflect, deflect. Well, what about you? You ever been in that? You bring something to a brother or sister and you say, hey, can you, I just want you to maybe consider that this is something I've seen in your life over the course of years. Would you consider that maybe this is a possibility? Oh, well, what about you? What about what you did, you know, back August 1st at 2.47 in the afternoon? What about that? <laughs> deflect. It's common for us. All of us, we all do it hopefully in less increment as we move along in maturity, and in what? In our good conduct in Messiah as we walk out walking alongside other human beings, close or distant, in humility and in reverence. Now again, if we can't do this alongside a brother, we will not do it at all to those who are accusing us, who are coming against us, bringing threats against us. 
There, there's no chance if we can do that, if we can't do that with a brother, how we could do that to someone really trying to harm us. I've been saying this a lot um, as of late. The Christian religion needs to stop bragging on the Bereans all the time. They love the Bereans. I remember all the way back to when the little Berean old men would bring Bibles to the church and we'd all, you know, give some extra money to buy Bibles. We have to be Bereans. I never knew what that even meant. Nobody explained to me what a Berean was. <laughs> but most, most believers don't act like that with the Word, the way they handle and receive the Word. If we did, we would receive something we deem as new eagerly as they did. And then what do we do, friend? We take all doctrine that we are presented with, whether we read it ourselves in the Newer Testament or whether we hear it in a sermon or we watch a video or you hear it out of my mouth or if you hear it out of a stranger's mouth over here, however it comes, we, if we were really like Bereans, we would receive it eagerly and we would run to the Torah and the prophets in order to confirm that it is in fact truth, okay, in humility and in reverence even with someone who is bringing accusations. We respond in the way that our Messiah responded. If it is not, after study and after consideration, it's got to go. If I was deemed wrong according to Scripture, what I thought was truth a minute before has to be tossed out. It doesn't make it doesn't make the cut anymore. How many times, I say that a lot on the program as we bring this to a close here in a minute. How many times have you studied a doctrine on purpose, a biblical understanding over the last five years even, that you purposely studied because you disagreed with it? You came at it from an angle opposing yourself so that you can either solidify what you believe or lay it down and walk away from it because you were wrong. We are not postured in humility and reverence, to receive questioning and challenging from anybody many times. I do know brothers who do this well, but we've done it so little, it's sometimes easy to say we want it. Yeah, brother, challenge me. Grill me. Okay. Number one, we don't know how to really do that, so a lot of times we don't. And number two, a lot of times we may ask for that, but then when it comes, we, whoa, whoa, I didn't mean, I didn't mean, that, or I don't know if I really meant that at all, if we're honest. If, if we agree with a lot of things that we're presented, if we already agree, well, it remains. It just solidifies what we already believe. Pats us on the back a little bit. Tickling ears. If not, sometimes at best, we just ignore it and let just pretend that it goes away. Um, interestingly, it often turns to what Peter's speaking to, and I would say things that I would present as as a as a a pattern biblically of good conduct in Messiah. I'll say, well, this is what Yeshua did. Yeshua didn't eat pork. I'm sorry. He did, you say you want to be like him. You wear the bracelet and the T-shirt and bumper stickers. Want to be like Jesus? Well, Jesus didn't eat pork. He tied on zit zit tassels. He did feasts and Sabbath. We're going to do them again with him in the coming age. I'm sorry. Well, I have personally seen, and you probably have as well, in whatever measure, depending on what you believe and how popular it is or unpopular, you meet accusers, persecutors, 
real fast. You don't, you don't believe the Bible. You don't believe the Bible. You're a heretic. <laughs> we don't know how to disagree, friend. We don't know how to reason together like Yahweh wants to reason with us to hash out the scriptures to find what is true together. I've experienced this firsthand. <laughs> in light of this text, read in proper context, I would say, that the persecuting one is likely one that fits biblical criteria of a false teacher, false teacher and an apostate who believes that they know God, yet do not walk in the conduct of Messiah Yeshua. That's painful for a lot of people. There are a lot of people who know Jesus. But if you say, I'm not sure the Jesus that Jesus that Christianity knows and worships is the Yeshua salvation of the word. I'm not sure they're the same individual. Well, you don't believe the Bible, brother. We can't, we can't talk. Well, what do we do from there? Well, we walk out in humility and reverence. Humility and reverence. I don't see I see that in pockets, yes. I see it. I do. And there are a lot of places where woo-wee, we need help bad. Y'all see it? Man, it can get ugly real fast. We don't all walk together in humility and reverence, even against our accusers, who may persecute us because we're saying, look, I'm just trying to literally fulfill 1 Peter chapter 3 and walk in good conduct in Messiah, and it seems that you hate good conduct in Messiah. What's good conduct? <laughs> it will cost us. Um, if we place what Peter says here within the cultural context that he was talking to, this would, this would be talking to the persecution of the followers of the way, which is the sect that Shaul Paul was leading, which were the people who were coming into Yeshua Messiah and still retaining feasts and Sabbath and Torah observance and living according to the system that had been in place for Yahweh's people for eons. Those people were persecuted. So this is an easy proposition to us who are trying to do likewise now. First, second, third century belief system, the followers of the way. Persecution. You're, a, you're, you're, you're not right. We know Jesus now. The church will tell you. So lastly, how do you posture yourself to receive questions and challenges to what you believe? Do you purposely place yourself within environments, okay, okay, again, on purpose, where there will be others who disagree with you? Or do you simply blend in, unmoved, unchallenged, and therefore unchanged? We're given no right to ignore and aggressively drive out questioning. We can't avoid it. If we're really going to be a part of the body of the living stones reality assembled beside one another, we cannot avoid nor ignore or drive out aggressively many times questioning. In fact, we should welcome it. Again, even the one with the most ill intent must be responded to with humility and reverence, friend. If you're like me, you just kind of say things that are hard and kind of hard for the majority belief system to receive, we've got to be postured to be like our Messiah in humility and in reverence and in, and in rightful, humble um, okayness. How's that for a big word? We've just got to be okay with it. We've got to receive it rightly in humility. So questions and challenges, let us all work together to change how offended we become over them. 
Let's get better, people. Let's get better. No matter where you are in the spectrum of belief, if you're a hardcore Torah observant, you know, messianic, super, you know, whatever, or if you're over here in just general Christian belief and you just don't really, maybe you're asking some questions or maybe you think I'm talking crazy to say that maybe the Jesus of Western Christianity is different than the Yeshua of the Bible. If you think that's heresy, wherever we are, let us assess another's motives and intent and then will ourselves to receive what someone else might present to us. In light of filtering it through the scripture, put that in all caps, bold italics. That's the whole point. We're not trying to just like have this relational equity where I know we agree, so you tell me what you think this, the scripture says, and I'll tell you what I think it says, and then we hug, tell each other we love one another, and go home. I am not saying that at all. I'm saying let us sit down and duke it out over the scriptures because we want to know truth so bad we're willing to be wrong. And we're willing to wrong someone else in the sense of after we establish that there are individuals at the table who are willing to be wrong. Are you willing to be wrong, friend? Are you walking and in humility and in reverence? You've been watching the Path to Zion podcast, Rediscovering the Ancient Way. Find us at pathtozion.com. Of course, on Facebook. Um, and our YouTube page is filled with who knows how many videos now. I've got so much more stuff. I make no promises anymore. Thank you for watching this time around where we are in the here and now. Um, reach out to us, pathdesignpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for watching. Amen.